I remember saying to my mum, like, after a really hard day, is this, is having kids worth it? And she looked at me and she goes, most of the time. And I'm like, that encapsulates parenthood. But it's really difficult because then if you say how difficult it is and, like, you've had a shit day people come at you and they're like you should be grateful some people can't have kids and it's just like I can be grateful and struggling at the same time like get the fucking toxic positivity away from me welcome to parenthood where each week we explore the lives of Aussie mums and dads and what's really going on behind closed doors I'm your host Leonia Kidanor mum of two business owner and relationship coach let's begin welcome to the show Hi, Maggie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So good to have you on. I was <laughs> saying earlier, I'm like, oh my God, I actually feel like I know you. And you're looking at me like, hi, stranger. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> but from all of your Insta love, like literally absolutely love everything you're doing on Insta and just in general. And, you know, you've on such a similar path to myself where we're just sharing the real shit when it comes to parenting. Cause it is a beautiful experience, right? But there's also a lot of Oh, it's shit as well. You. Like, let's be realistic. I remember saying to my mum, like, yeah. after a really hard day, is this, is having kids worth it? And she looked at me and she goes, most of the time. And I'm like, that encapsulates yes, parenthood. Yes. But it's really difficult because then if you say how difficult it is and like you've had a shit day, yeah. people come at you and they're like, you should be grateful. Some yes. people can't have kids. And it's just like, I can yeah. be grateful and struggling at the same time. Totally. Like, get the fucking positive, uh, like toxic positivity away yeah, from it. A hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, I, and this is, a, I guess, what we are very much communicating to the world with the work that we're doing. Um, I'll introduce you, I mean, f- to our audience, if you don't know Maggie, um, Cretian. Did well I say- done. That's oh, good. That was oh, really good. <laughs> she actually has her own podcast as um, called MI15 Plus, where you guys really explore, I feel like it's a lot of positive sexuality as, you know, as, as women as well. Talk to us a little bit about, I guess, what encapsulates your message in your podcast. Me and Alex Nation, shout out to Nash, love her. We really, we delve into everything that it is that we find to be what, what life is like as a mum and as a woman. And that to us also means that sexual part of us, mm. finding that sexual part of us again yeah. and kind of finding the balance between being able to like, make lunches, lunch boxes in the morning and then like masturbating at night and being like, you know what, those two things can happen in 24 hours and that's okay. And I think a lot of women struggle with finding that part of themselves Mm. after having kids because it is. My husband and I didn't have sex for over like six months Mm. after our second baby was born and it is really difficult and it is still frowned upon to be like, you're a mum, you Mm. can't talk about that. And I think for us, our message is just, it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to feel what you're feeling and to explore that if you have a child or if you don't. Yes, I love that. It's almost like bringing like the sex in the city kind of vibes back. It's yes. like we are, yes, we've just had children, but how? We're sexy human beings as well. And we can sort of explore that and find that again. Hell because yeah. as you said, it is really difficult. Mama's got to eat. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? Mama's got to eat. I absolutely <laughs> love that. So, um, continuing on with all of the fabulous things that you do. So you're also an actress, a writer, a presenter, and mum of two. How old are your little ones? Two and five. Okay. So you're in the the, the, the throes of it all as well. Oh, mate. We're yeah. starting school next year. So yeah. I'm, I'm so excited because I feel like he's very ready. Yes. 
I feel like I'm not ready, especially yes. for like the school mums. Yeah. I have, I've actually put it out to my community and I'm like, are school mums as scary as I think they are? And they're like, fuck yes, it's, it's war. <laughs> so that is really kind of like going to be interesting year next year. And then my two year old who's just God love her, but wow. The first, you know, it's like when you have your first child, mm. he was kind of a golden child. He didn't really do tantrums. He was kind of oh, beautiful. Wow. And then the second one, yeah, she's demonic in the best of ways. So she's just, oh, she's parenting me at the same oh, time. Testing the boundaries, doing yes. all that fun stuff. And you have a fur baby. Let's not forget to mention how Humphrey are you tracking bear. with, yes, how's it going? I forgot that a fur baby is like having a newborn. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and we came home from a holiday mm. on the Sunday and picked him up on the Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. He's great. Yeah. He does try and like rip out my Achilles heel. Um, we're toilet training. So we're, you know, waking up in the middle of the night oh. and getting him out, all of mm. those things. Yeah. It, uh, my advice is if you're thinking about another child. Get a dog. Yes. And and then and then make the decision. Because yes. I've realized that, okay, two and a dog, I think I've reached my quota. Right. Do you, is that about a 98% pretty sure? Or yeah, yeah. I think, okay. you know, a lot of a lot of people say you you know when you're done. Yeah. I feel like for me, I might not ever get that feeling. Okay. But I feel mentally I'm at capacity. Yes. Because I'm just like I don't know how I can be the mum I want to be, the woman I want to be, the yeah. partner, friend, daughter yeah. with another child. Yes. I feel like I may have reached my capacity at two. Yeah, 100%. And also you did get the boy girl. That's another thing. So for me, I've got yeah. two boys, a yeah, two and a four right. and a half year old, and I'm like, ooh, little girl, a little demonic girl. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can throw her over to me because I just want to dress something up in a in like a girls, little dress girls, and a bow. Yeah. And, yeah. They're cuter. Their clothes are cuter. Yes. So anyway, I'm about 98% sitting on the, um, yeah, probably it's a no for another one. But there's that tiny bit in me, but it's only because of the girl factor. Yeah. But then you're never guaranteed gender, right? So you no. have to want it more than wanting just a girl. Yes. So, yep. so much to think about. What I want to explore with you is actually how your relationship, I mean, we've touched on it already, ha has changed during, you know, the last five years. So as you know, Parenthood Pod, we explore the challenges that parents face on the daily and often we'll bring on couples and things like that and it will kind of end up very relationship heavy because, you know, one person will say, well, you know, I felt unloved because all of your love went to the baby. I felt ta physically tapped out. I felt all these things. So it's interesting um, exploring that and you mentioned there six months you weren't feeling no mojo whatsoever. Talk us through that a little bit. There are so many challenges that came up in our relationship mm. after we had kids. Yeah. It was not the same. We were not the same people. Yeah. And you know that song, Sometimes Love Just Isn't Enough? Mm. I never understood that song until now because it's not. Love is not enough. No. You have to be willing to work at it together. Yes. It is work yeah. every day. Yeah. And every day you have to choose each other. I don't think it's ever going to be 50-50. Yeah. I don't think my husband's ever going to understand what a mental load, what those words mean. Yeah. He, like this morning, for example, mm. we got into a complete <laughs> fight. This is being completely honest. Yeah, yeah. Because I said to him, can you please get Noah, our two-year-old, ready for daycare? Yeah. And he's like, not a problem. So he got her pants on 
and her jumper on. And I walk downstairs and I'm like, where are her socks and shoes? And he's like, oh, like they'll be in the car. Did you check if they're in the car? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, did you go and get her teddies and put them in her bag? Mm-hmm. Does she need her teddies? Yep. What about her rain jacket? Because she needs her rain jacket if they go outside. Oh, okay. And what about the extra dummy that you have to put in her bag? Because she likes to have her dummy as soon as I pick her up from school. And there were all of these things that he didn't think about, mm-hmm. which for us, doing it every single day on the daily, there's 50 thoughts that go through our head mm-hmm. before we even reach the door. Yes. And realizing that like, it's not going to be 50, 50, it's just not. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone that I get resentful yeah, real bad, especially mm-hmm. when he goes away on work and yeah. like sends me photos of his beautiful view. Yeah. And he's like, what did you do today? And I'm like, I had my nose to the fucking carpet trying to find where the shit was to clean it up. <laughs> That's what I did today. But, yes, send me another picture of the view of Hobart, babes. Love it. I love that for you. I'm not feeling resentful at all. Like, it is so hard. And then on the flip side, he's like, you don't understand what it's like Mm -hmm. to know that you're struggling and to have to leave you and go to work and have to try and be in that parent, like, in that working space. Yes. And then when I hear those words, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so hard. That's so full hard. night's sleep over there in that hotel yeah, room. You know, right? so it is really difficult yeah, yeah. to like be able to hear each other yes. and to listen to understand and not listen to respond. Mm. So within that first six months of having our second child, yeah. we were going through lockdown as well. So I had Noah, I think it was two weeks before that lockdown that was like, we're going to lockdown for seven days. Mm. And then that seven days turned into like till Christmas. Yes. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was home, mm. but he was working upstairs and then he would like come downstairs and make himself a coffee and then go back upstairs. Mm-hmm. And it was lovely to have that support knowing that he was there, but yeah. also knowing that he was there and knowing that he wasn't actually there. Mm. It was really hard. Yeah. So we were sleeping in different rooms. Um, because I was feeding Noah at night and I was like, there's no point you just being next to me and you being woken up. There's no, there's no point. If one of us can get some sleep, we may as well. Yeah. And because I'd had mastitis, I was like, there is no way Mm. I am going to skip a feed because mastitis, I felt like I was dying. Oh, it's the worst thing in the world. Oh, the sweats, the shakes. I, I remember being on the couch Mm. and being like, okay, there's a part of my uterus that, like, didn't come out and I'm, like, rotting uh, from the inside. Right? I oh, I it, really thought that. Yeah. How long did it, How long did your symptoms last for? I think it got, it was like a sore boob yeah. in the morning yeah. and then by the afternoon I was thinking, do I need to go to hospital? Yes, it hits quick. So quick. Yeah. But the Epsom salt trick, you know, the Epsom salt oh. in the warm water oh. of the um, silicone... What is it called? The silicon breast oh, pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? oh my, have you not done that? No, okay. I just haven't got the meds. No, no, no. So, okay. well, yes, yeah. meds are great, yeah. but to kind of like unclog it, oh. the silicon breast pumps, the ones that yeah, the yeah, suction yeah. ones, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Warm water, Epsom salt, make your nipple kind of be in the water, yeah, and yeah. you can literally see it pull out oh my the milk. God. Okay, there's your hot tip, everyone. It is wow. wild. Just to watch it yeah. is really cool. Yeah, wow, okay. But, yeah, so we were in separate rooms. Yeah. And I'm not someone that can 
get down and dirty with like even the dog in our room and the child was in our room. So it was just a no for me. Yeah. And there was just nothing there. I was just surviving. I hate Mm. the newborn bubble. I know people love newborns. Like get me a pin. I want to fucking pop it. Right. (laughs) Like literally. Like I can't stand it. Just like come out as a toddler, please. Yeah. that we can like give me a tantrum any day over sleepless nights yes can't do it yep so tell me then did you because I always felt a level of guilt if I wasn't because I'm kind of like okay well for, uh, probably took us two to three months I would say mm. and then I was like I'm feeling guilty I feel like I need to give affection to my partner so I'm just gonna because there's two ways to do it right you can just jump back into it yeah. and hope that you're you kind of get your mojo back as you're in it that happens for a lot of people or you hold back and you wait until, you know, um, you maybe do the small uh, elements of affection, I guess, even you can consciously remember to do so. And then over time, and also communicate if you're not feeling, these are all like the ideal things to do. And then over time, you hopefully get back, get your mojo back. So I did the just freaking dive in and see what happens. And then like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> dive in with like, a lot of lube. If you right. want to do it, just grab the lube. Right. And I was like, okay. It will get there, right? Yeah. So curious, did you feel guilt? Not one bit. Okay. Not yeah. one bit. I was honestly like, I have just birthed a watermelon. You can fucking wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, th- it's not about you. Yeah, okay. And maybe that's a very selfish way to look at it. No. But my it's husband nice. was also very kind of... um we we weren't having sex, but we were being intimate in different ways. Okay. So, like, we were cuddling on the couch. Okay. We were still having conversations. Yes. And I think because we were able to have some type of intimacy, yes. the sex part of it and the physical part of it mm. wasn't necessarily as kind of like this big hole. Yes. Yeah. Um, But I know a lot of women do feel that mm. guilt. Mm. I just look at it like, babes what have you been doing for the last nine months? Like your yeah, organs aren't yeah. even in the places they were supposed right. to be yet. Like yeah. give yourselves a break. Yeah. And if your partner's, you know, saying this is a part of our relationship mm. that I miss, mm. my biggest thing mm. is boundaries, being like, okay, I'm not ready for penetrative sex, but what I am ready for is having like a big makeout session. What yeah. I am ready for is you to touch me here and here. I don't want you to touch me here. Yeah. I'm not ready to do this and that. Yeah. Be able to talk about it before you get into that space so you know where those boundaries are so you don't feel like you like you kind of have to, it's like bit, be all, everything or nothing. Yes. And so for me, being mm. able to have those talks with Brad mm. and be like, okay, I'm up to this part, but I don't want to do this part. And so I didn't ever feel any pressure because Mm. I was like, well, you know my boundaries. You know where it's at. You know that this isn't going to lead anywhere. And I think that was another thing. Mm. When he started to kiss me, Mm. I knew I wasn't ready for for the hole in one. You know what I mean? So I would push him away. But when I actually sat down with him and said, I love kissing you, Mm. I'm not ready to go to the next base with you yet. And he would be like, awesome, because the kissing you, I love it. And that's all I want. And I think in our heads we think, well, if they're going to send us a signal, they want it all, when really maybe they're just wanting that connection. And just being able to have those conversations with your partner, that was kind of what was probably the foundation for us to be able to seamlessly kind of move through Mm -hmm. that 
that time and then get to the other side. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I would say that our sex life since having kids Mm. is the best it's ever been. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. We've got like everyone needs a splash blanket. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, okay. Fill us in. Well, it's a waterproof blanket. You can oh. also use it when uh, your kids have gastro, so it's multi-purpose. Um, but it means that, like, you can have sex and you don't have to clean up anything yeah, afterwards. Right, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're efficient. Use all of the lube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the bodily fluids can yeah, go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You just pack it up, yeah. pop it in the wash. You're not having to change the sheets. Yeah. Or another one of my community members. So this is like mums know what's up. Yeah, like, yeah. if you ever have a question, go to a mum. Okay. She'll have the answer. Yeah. And I remember saying on my stories, like, oh, I love having sex, but, like, the cleanup afterwards mm. of, like, the bodily fluids on the mattress, like, it's so annoying. And then mom, one mum's like, just get the hairdryer, babes, and hairdryer. it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? At 10 o'clock at night when I'm ready to go to bed, like, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sad about it. Like, I mean, <laughs> but then, yeah, then I got him a splash blanket and it was just so much easier because yeah. it means that you can have the fun yeah. and the cleanups literally just – Pop it in the wash, you're done. Oh, my gosh. I freaking love yeah. that. What I'm hearing from you, and I think this is what's really critical for us all to kind of bear in mind, often when I've had couples come on and it's like we haven't had sex in two years and the husband or the partner will say, yeah, and I felt unloved. Like I literally, and then the the, um, the birth mum call it is generally, is like, well, you know, I was at capacity, but I was aware that we weren't affectionate at all, but it was too hard a conversation I was sleep deprived. We're all sleep deprived. We're all nitpicking at each other. It was just too hard. So I just pretended it didn't exist. And I think this is where we get a bit unstuck. If we are just going to pretend the resentment, let the resentment simmer, not like communicate it at all. And this is the beauty of your example. You were saying, babe, these are my boundaries. You know, let's, let's go. But up to this extent, you were talking about it. So it was no longer this kind of like awkward thing that you're both kind of pretending wasn't happening, but was happening, et cetera. So I think it's a really good lesson, even from your story, that if you're giving your partner the expectations, at least then you're showing them that you love and care for them. And it's nothing to do with them per se. It's actually to do with you. And as you're body sort of, you know, you feel more and more comfortable in your body. You feel as though you can progress further. I don't know. Like, what would you say? Like, don't you believe like communication is everything, right? It is everything. But I feel like saying communication is everything and like, all you have to do is communicate. Mm. It's like saying you should fill your cup. And we both know Mm. our cups, like they get lost, they get broken, they have holes in them. And it's such this simple kind of like montage of like just getting a water jug and filling the cup it's so much harder than that and I will put my hand up and Mm. say my my husband and I can can communicate really well because we went and sought help Mm. for that communication okay we went to couples counseling okay talk us through that so we there's been a couple times where my husband and I have really been on the brink and having that conversation of like, what are we even fucking doing? Mm. Do we love each other anymore? This isn't working. Mm. Should we do a trial separation? This is, we're not happy. Mm. And the first time that happened after our first son was born and we were able to kind of get ourselves out of that by ourselves. Then when the, my daughter came along, we had two kids. So it's twice mm-hmm. as much mess, twice as much everything. Yep. And we had that talk again. What mm-hmm. are we doing? Do you even love this? Do you, is this what life is? Mm-hmm. And I just said, we need to go to couples counselling. Mm-hmm. Like 
we had the same argument every fucking day. What was that? It was just about the littlest things, Mm -hmm. but it was like, you're not listening to me, Mm -hmm. you don't understand me, and you're not giving me a gold fucking star because my life has changed and yours is the fucking same. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't let go of the resentment. Mm -hmm. And then on the added layer for us Mm -hmm. was that our son was like three, four, it's that age where discipline starts yep. and you can be on the same page as your partner when they're a baby, mm. right? Yeah. But when they get older mm. and that kind of parenting style comes out and you're not on the same page, you've got one parent being like, oh, let's talk about your feelings. Mm. Let's like, you know, let's give you space to be able to communicate with me. And you've got another parent that's, you're on the fucking naughty chair, sit down, shut up. You shouldn't be doing this, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. It is really hard. Mm. And that was kind of the catalyst for us to be like, we are so not on the same page. We want the same things for our kids. We want them to be happy, healthy, loved, confident, all the things. Mm. But my way of kind of wanting him to get there or wanting our kids to get there and your way of wanting our kids to get there, we are worlds apart. What was your way? I was more kind of like, I never want my son to stop talking to me, so let's talk about your feelings. Yeah, okay. What are we talking? Yes, baby, cry, cry it out. Like, oh. And and Brad's was Mm. more firm and Mm. like, no, and stop crying. Yeah. And I remember saying to him like, when have you ever said stop crying to an adult? And and that's what. Yeah. And then it's like, well, you're not even setting boundaries. And I'm like, I am setting boundaries in my own way. You know, and so we went to counselling. Okay. And it was beautiful. How was it? Talk us through the experience. Oh, so our counsellor is, she, she's everything that I want to be. Like, she's just, she's great. Mm. And I think finding, I remember booking the first session and saying to Brad, I'm not going to book another session until after because we both need to feel like she's, we're, we're all on the same team. Yes. So our first ever, um, uh, exercise that she got us to do yes. was that we were to sit opposite each other mm-hmm. and she goes, okay, the question is you need to tell me why you're here and what you want out of this journey. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay, Maggie, you're going to speak and then Brad, you are going to verbatim what you hear. So mm-hmm. Brad had to listen to to say exactly what I was saying after yeah. him. Yeah. And um we did that mm. and she goes, this is a prime example of listening to understand instead of listening to respond. Mm. And when Brad was speaking and I had to memorise what he was saying yep. and really try and understand what he was saying, yep. I remember crying because I was like, this is the first time in a long time I've actually listened to you. Mm. Did you hear something differently in that moment? Yeah, and, yeah. and it was really interesting because he he had said something along the lines of why he was here mm. and then i had then part of the exercise was i had to repeat it back mm-hmm. and then what the our counselor would do is that she turned to Brad and said is that correct and he once he heard what i had heard yep. He goes, no, actually, and he got to kind of like tweak his wording Mm. because a lot of the times in our fights that we were having, 
Brad would say certain things mm. and I would hold him to those words and he would say, but that's not what I meant. And I'm like, but oh, you said it. It's all the bloody but time. But you said yes. it. Yes. Okay. And he goes, no, but. And I would yeah. never give him leeway and I would hold on to it. Yes. And she's like, that's where you need to have that trust in your partner mm. where when they say that's actually not what I meant, yeah. give me a chance to kind of redeem myself yes. and, and, and actually tell you what I meant. Yeah. You know, you know, then you're on a better path to listening. Mm. So it was it. The first few sessions was mm. really about me and him as a yeah. couple, yeah. And then we got into the parenting, and mm. we kind of we had to go way back into how I was parented, how he was parented. That's where it from oh my there. gosh, the way we parent, it's all about how we were parented, yes. whether it be what we want to do, yes, um, and what we what we felt as a child, what yeah. we didn't have, yeah. so what we want to you know build on. Yes. It is all to do with that, yeah. and. Being able to understand why he did the things he did yep. was able to give me compassion and empathy mm. and understanding that I didn't have before. Yes. How did you meet halfway on the parenting discipline front? I think we just came to this conclusion mm. that we now knew the way in which we wanted to parent and we yep. got there through our counsellor because yes. she does, um, oh, gosh, I've forgotten what it is. It's, it's about... Um, emotional coaching as a parent. Okay, yep. And um, we both decided that is the way that we want to parent. Mm-hmm. And we did some back work on that and some education on that. Mm. And now we're just trying to kind of like do our best in holding each other accountable mm. because at the end of the day, when your child's yelling and you're yeah. yelling at them to stop yelling, yeah, like you know in yeah. the back of your mind, like what, like, just an emotional shit show, really. Yeah. Okay, let's be real. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just giving each other the space to be like, we're not going to get this right all the time. Yes. But in certain circumstances, mm. who's the who's the person in that moment yep. that is better equipped to handle this situation? Yeah. And being able to step aside and be like, I'm emotionally flooded. Yes. I'm going to lose my motherfucking shit. Yes. I need you to deal with this right yep. now. Yeah. What would you say to people whose partners might be a lot more reluctant to see, seek an external resource, a counsellor, a therapist, um, and also because they might feel as though, well, hold on, does that mean we're at the end of the road here? And you have come to those breaking points. Yeah. What would you recommend? I would say there needs to be a discussion about the why. Okay. Is it that they don't think that they need counselling? Mm. Because if they don't think they need counselling, does that mean that they're happy with what's happening? So realistically, there has to be a decision made there. If your partner's going, I'm happy and I don't want to change. Yeah. Yeah. You need to make a decision mm. there because you can't change that person. Um, but also understanding what is the reluctance there. Mm. Is it, oh, well, my mum and dad went to counselling when I was little and it got worse. That's mm. why I don't want to go. Or is it, I feel like I failed you as a partner if we need someone else. Mm. And it's just having those really vulnerable discussions that's it's really hard and it's yeah. actually really sad how many couples find it really difficult to be vulnerable with yeah. one another yeah. because there is still this stigma of men have to be strong and and they can't talk about their feelings yeah. where that doesn't serve them no. and it doesn't serve their partners. Yeah, And women, there's some women that are like, if I show any form of vulnerability, mm. people have taken advantage of that. So I can't, I have to be the strong one. I have to mm. keep it together. Yeah. That doesn't work either. No. So I think it's just about having that honest conversation and mm. saying, there is a problem in our relationship. Yeah. I'm having a problem with this. Mm. 
you can either work on it with me. Yeah. Or then there's a decision that you have to make because realistically you can't force someone to change. You can't force someone to do the work. Yeah. It's so true. And it does take two. You can't do it for them. A hundred percent. And if like, if they're not willing to change, then it's like. Yeah. We have to reevaluate. Yeah. How we feel about everything. Absolutely. And I think the other thing, I mean, my, my husband and I went to counseling for three sessions Similarly, and as I was sort of saying earlier, we were struggling to communicate. Communication is key, as they always say, but um, we were struggling and similarly to yourself. And we sort of did our three sessions and then we're kind of like, okay, I feel like we've got enough techniques and tools that we can now use. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, we still hic- you have our hiccups and things and even we're in the throes of an argument. Jules will be like, remember the therapist said you don't have a heated argument. Like, you know, just like when you get heated, walk away. You're going to say something you're going to regret. Walk away. And I'm like, I don't want to bloody walk away yet. I still want to throw, you know, things at you. Like, you know, mm-hmm. all my words. And it's true, you know, so we still get stuck, but then I'm like, that's right. It is a technique. I should probably actually listen to that and walk away. The point is we had some tools and techniques to support us. So I guess, I mean, I'm curious, are you guys still seeing someone or did you sort of wrap that up? How's it? No, we're still seeing. We still need it. Oh, I think we're going to need it till the day we die, honestly. It's such a good resource though. Oh, it is. And I just, I, it, it, having young kids, like I, I remember not having kids and and looking at um you know relationships that have just had kids and mm. it, and the relationship would disintegrate and I'm like oh my god but like you just had a kid like it's the happiest time of your life yes. it is the hardest yeah and it's only getting harder yes um and I keep waiting for it to get easier mm. and it's not mm. and we have to like coming this morning mm. we had like I said we had a fight this morning yeah like. We're we're working our way through it. Yeah. We're still choosing each other, which I feel really fortunate yeah. for. And I feel really, really fortunate mm. to have a partner mm. that is like, I I want to work on this with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but we both know it's gonna take work. And yeah. it's gonna take us to take work or do work on ourselves because we're still not the people we want to be, yeah. you know? We're always evolving, right? Yeah. We're always trying to be the better version of ourselves. And all we can do is have that awareness piece, right? And I think it's fantastic examples like that. And, yeah, for those listening, if you feel as though you might need that resource, they're there for a reason, you know, and none of us are perfect and, you know, you sort of do what feels right for you and your dynamic as a family. But I love that. And thank you for being so honest, as you always are, Maggie, and sharing in your story. Um, how can people find out a little bit more about you and your work? Um, you can follow me on uh the Peninsula Mama on Insta. I am on TikTok. I'm finding my way through that. I oh, usually just like beast, post and ghost because yeah. that just upsets me. Yeah. The comments upset me. Oh, I try really? and be, well, I try and be very like, um, oh, you're not going to get to me. It does. Yeah. I think about it. Okay. So, and TikTok, it's funny because it's supposed to be like the younger generation yeah. and they're supposed to be a little bit more kind of like mental health aware. Yeah. But they're also extremely fucking savage. So, really? Yeah. So, so I'm just like, ah. Really? So it's more, cr- you're, you're finding more judgment on TikTok. Yeah, I am. But I think maybe because the community that I've built on Instagram kind of like they know the way I talk and like what I'm about. And if I make a joke, they know it's a joke. Whereas I think because TikTok's a whole different... I'm just, I'm not, yeah, I'm I'm figuring that out. Instagram's more my thing. Yeah. Um, Just daily stories about things that come into my mind. Like the other day, Mm -hmm. you know how like, when men go to the toilet 
and they lift up the toilet and they pee. And then there's like the rim oh, and it has pee on it. Yeah. But you know what I, I like, I can't understand yeah. the pubes. Yes, Where the fuck is the pubes there? <laughs> like, like we've got a male producer here. Do you sprinkle them after you go to the toilet? Like what's happening? Are you like scratching balls and it's just like a little like montage of like pubes that come out? Like well, how does that happen? This is why we love you, Maggie, because like I wouldn't even think to like think past that minute of experiencing it, but you're like, cool, let's, let's I just think about like that, I'm like, where did the pubes come from? And then I put that on Instagram because like as you do, because I sometimes I forget. I forget how many people I'm talking to. I'm like, yeah, my yeah. mum, you know, my mom, I can ask my mum and maybe my sister and my friend will watch my Instagram and that's it. But then a woman was like, babe, maybe they're your pubes. And I'm like, bitch, I'm lasered. He's the only one with pubes in this house. So, like, if if it's not his pubes, I'm cleaning up his mistress's pubes. Like, could you imagine if someone was like, how did you find out your husband cheated on you? I was cleaning up her pubes over my toilet. That's how I found out. I feel like that is just totally encapsulates like why you're so fabulous and why so <laughs> many people freaking love following you because you're so, so real. And it's like the weird shit that happens on the daily that we all kind of go, Ugh. And we walk off and you're like, no, fucking I'm going to put that yeah, shit on no, Instagram. Yeah. Let's I talk just, about this. Because like, I look at it and I'm like, surely someone else is thinking like a men molting. Oh, 100%. Are they molting? <laughs> like what's going on? Is it, it, you know, what is going on there? Oh, my god. Anyway, that's, that's that, a thought that happens. That is classic. So for those <laughs> listening who aren't already following Maggie, I will pop her details in the show notes. Thank you so much again, Maggie, for your time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a rating or review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at ParenthoodPod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.